Welcome to Middle-Aged Wisdom. I'm Nancy, and I'm a dentist. I'm Dave, and I'm an engineer. We're here to share what we've learned about life, business, and leadership. Join us as we try to figure it all out. What it takes to live our best lives. Welcome to episode 26 of the podcast, Middle-Aged Wisdom. Hey, everybody. Today, we're talking about goal setting. We thought this was a, the perfect episode for the beginning of the year. Lots of people have their goals in mind, New Year's goals, or I don't like the word resolution because I feel like it just sets us up for failure, but we're all ready to make some changes, especially from the year that we just came from. It's almost like New Year's resolutions should be more like, in this decade, right. I want to accomplish X. X. And right. maybe in this year, I'll get this part portion of it done. Right. I think that for us, when we break things down into small little bite-sized pieces, I think they're much more attainable, they're easier, and it allows us to enjoy the journey. I think enjoying the journey is so incredibly important in this life. Life is very, very short. And to have the amount of stress that we put on ourselves sometimes, it makes us not want to do it, right? I mean, it makes those goals so much harder to reach because we just dive in and just want to get it all done. And we want instant gratification now. But the most important part is enjoying the process because number one, we'll probably get a ton more done by doing it this way. And we won't create the stress. And it's good to have big, hairy, audacious goals, as we like to call them. I think that came from uh, Jim Collins' book called Good to Great. BHAG. BHAG. So if you ever say that again, that's what that is. It's good to have BHAGs, but at the same time, if you just have all these big, hairy, audacious goals, but then you never break it down into consumable chunks that are realistic to accomplish, it's probably going to be more like a dream and something you ponder and, oh, wouldn't it be nice? instead of like an actual goal that you make a plan for to actually execute on and get there. Right. Taking steps in the direction. And make progress. Progress is the key word for getting to your goals. So we came up with a few of our favorites, probably a lot that will touch home with all of you listening out there. Well, hopefully, I think that they're pretty broad. So I think it will kind of hit a lot of different people. The other thing I want to mention is there is a book out there. We talk a lot about reading and we're really into self-help books and such on business and life and leadership and all the things that we love and we talk about. The one that you can reference these ideas are ours. But in the book, if you like this concept, he writes a really good book. It's Darren Hardy, and it's called The Compounding Effect. Um, so if you like this idea, that's probably a good thing for you to, to read. Yeah. And it's something we talk about a lot is small things adding up to big things. Right. That's right. So let's get started. Okay. So first let's talk about nutrition as an example. Let's say you have some big goal of like, I want to stop drinking caffeine, but right now you are addicted to coffee mm -hmm. and maybe even have multiple cups a day. Mm -hmm. If you go cold turkey, it's probably... It's terrible, right? <laughs> yeah. Headaches and the withdrawal that you feel oh, is man. terrible. Yeah, yeah. So one thing for coffee is, I don't know, maybe you have it morning, 
lunch, and evening. Maybe you have it all day long. Cut out one of those times, particularly evening. Coffee is terrible in the evening. <laughs> I mean, the worst sleep is coming your way if you have coffee after three. Or just switch it to that's a decaf cup or right. even a half caffeinated cup. Or tea if you want something hot. Yeah, just something small. Just do something in the step of the dirt in the direction of what you're wanting to change. The other thing for diet is um, say you want to eliminate meat or you want to be vegan or you want to be vegetarian or you want to eat less red meat. Again, cold turkey is so hard and it's so hard to create a process that you intend to do for the rest of your life just in a second and just decide. Yes, that works for some personalities and some people, but the most of us, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So like for me, I want to, I have a goal to eat more vegetables. And my, my goal right now is just to eat, make sure every day I have one serving of vegetables. Ideally, I'd have it at every meal and maybe multiple this servings. That's so sad, honey. <laughs> one serving of vegetables. Well, we just, just small here. Yeah. Just like, you know, full on vegetables instead of just like a piece of pizza and not eating anything else for dinner. And I can do that. I can have one serving of vegetables per day. I can right. do that. Okay. The other thing we did actually for, we talk about wine a lot. We do love wine and beer is we said we're going to limit to Friday, Saturday. And during the week, I got these non-alcoholic. It's kind of a spirit, but it's. Uh, it doesn't contain any alcohol. It's trying to give you the, like, I don't know. Like pretend you're having alcohol. Pretend you're having a cocktail. <laughs> it's like in a in a liquor, basically, is right. what it is. Yeah. And so we put that on ice with a little bit of sparkling water, and we're substituting that. Is it the same as a beautiful glass of red wine? It is definitely it not. It is definitely not. <laughs> but it's these little changes to try to get us to be healthier. That's our goal is to be healthy. Yeah. The exercise part of the nutrition, diet, and health component. So this is interesting. Dave loves to exercise all in. So your routine is you wake up in the morning and you run. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. It makes me feel better. Yeah. And full on like 20, 30 minutes, you mm -hmm. just go at it. Oh, yeah. For me, I think I have a form of ADHD <laughs> because my, <laughs> <No comment. laughs> my attention span is so slim when it comes to running. I get so incredibly bored. If I'm watching a show or something, I can do it. And it depends what my day looks like. If I have a chaotic day where I have meetings or I have a lot of things to get done or I have to focus on something, then working out for 30 minutes, just it's, it, my mind's going to be a million other places. So what do you do to remedy that, Miss ADHD <laughs> exercise gal? <laughs> for me, what I do, I keep, you know, I work out in yoga pants. I pretty much, when I'm at home, I wear yoga pants and a sweatshirt. I will do little blips of exercise throughout the day. So they might be a five minute, like full on hard run. It might be a 10 minute faster run. And the interesting thing is when I do it this way and I break it up into small little pieces throughout the day, number one, I don't sweat as much, right? So I don't have to shower right after. The other thing is I actually get more mileage in than if I did it full on the other way. Mm. And I probably burn more calories because it's a hard run for five, 10 minutes versus my nice gentle jog for 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's been working for me. It's just one of those things that it's all individual. I'm sure there's some health person out there that is going to negate everything I'm saying right now, which is totally fine. I'm not in that area of expertise. But for me right now with how my life is, 
it's working. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of something I read recently that was saying how the the most likely indicator of, of whether people will do something or not is how easy is it, right? right? And it's not like avoiding things that are hard. That's not what we're talking about. But when it comes to wanting to change, make big changes in your life, start with something that you realistically fairly easily can actually do with consistency because that's the most important part. And the compounding effect comes from consistency. And, exactly. and if something's really hard to do, like going cold turkey with coffee, it's got a much lower chance of long-term success. Another thing, we're going to talk about work a little bit because everybody, I think, probably has the idea that if you're a dentist, you work on teeth all day and that's not it at all. There's a lot of business behind it. And Dave also with his work, there's a lot of business behind it. Mm -hmm. So two things that we're working on, we're going to talk about, and maybe you can relate this to your work or career life in some way, shape, or form. Okay. So an example for me, I work for a government agency that specializes in stream restoration and flood control. So we really try to protect people, property, and the environment from flood damage, uh, both chronic and you know big storm events too. Uh, anyway, so part of what I'm trying to do this year is really get a full-on education and outreach program up up and running for our organization. We're, we're a small shop of like 50 people. And so education and outreach is just something people have kind of traditionally done on the side as they have time when they're not doing straight up engineering or construction type of work. And so I have this big goal for this year to formulate a full-on strategy. I've got, I've laid out different media content we want to create. We want to come out with educational programming for professionals that we do business with uh, because we want to improve the quality of the work that people are, are doing for us. But I have like 10 different, let's just say videos I want to create this year. And as I ponder all of that all at once, it's actually really daunting. So that's a lot to take on at one time or, or daunting to even think about that endeavor, right? Yeah. So when it comes to formulating the strategy, I'm actually using an outside firm to help us with that. So I don't feel like I have to do that all by myself. And of course, I have some internal people that are helping me too, but getting the right help to, to share some of the work. Okay. But then when it comes to like the 10 videos I was just mentioning, the biggest thing that's keeping me going is I just need to get one of them done. Right. right. I, I'm not trying to work on all 10 of them a little bit at a time. I'm going to, I have an idea what all 10 of them will need to be eventually. Okay. But I just want to get one done. Right. And then I'm going to get a win and then it's going to feel like, okay, this, I can do this. It's attainable. Yeah. Isn't that like the Dave Ramsey approach where they tell you to kind of knock down the anthill of debt? And so they'll tell you, look at the biggest area of debt and then wipe that out. And it gives you this goal, this win after you succeed. And then it tells you to wipe out the next one. And it's this effect of one after another after another. And so it's not everything all at once because your brain is scattered at that point. That's right. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes that I tell people all the time, and it comes from Bill Gates. He said, people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. And, and that's really you know, what we're talking about here. So true. So small little goals can create really big, big effects. Yeah. Over time with consistency, if you stick with it. Same thing with my work. So end of year, and I'm sure a lot of other businesses feel 
the stress of this. At the end of year, we're asked to do all these reports, right? So for our company's 401k, we have a lot of information to send in. We are looking at insurance analysis for the upcoming year. And of course, then you throw COVID in and there's policy changes that come from our HR people that we work with because of COVID. And all these things kind of come at you at once. Oh, and then we have the changes to the schedule as well. And so we're going from COVID pandemic into somewhat of normalcy, hopefully sometime in mid-year. And we're trying to predict basically the changes that the schedule will make or have to accommodate our patients for that. So there's all these little things. Actually, there, there are these projects that add up to a lot of work. And when one thing comes in, you're like, I can manage this. And then all of a sudden you get an email for the other two things. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just went from this one small project to now three or four things and your heart races a little bit more and you just feel this feeling of overwhelm. And so what I did is I broke it down. Most important thing to get done, anything that has a timeline, anything that someone is requesting a timeline because, I mean, for us, it's the IRS, <laughs> you know, kind of important. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's the number one thing on my list. And then it's the things that come next. And you have to, in your mind, know that this is a mindset. It doesn't have to be done in 24 hours. You have time, but sometimes when you're go-getters and you're entrepreneurs, you just have this mindset that you just want to go at it and get it all done all at one time. And it just doesn't have to be that way. It's stressful. It makes you less productive than if you were working under no stress or low stress. So just be good to yourself. Piece that out into small little pieces. Look at the most important thing. Knock it off the list. Have a win. Celebrate the win and move on. So let's talk about debt. You know, we were talking about Dave Ramsey a little bit. It's the same sort of thing with debt and savings little bits of pieces of things can add up to big effects. So for example, if you have a financial goal, I always think it's good in the beginning of the year or middle of the year, whenever you do your goal setting, is to have categories or boxes of things that you want to work on. So I wanna work on my finances this way, I wanna work on my health in this way, I wanna work on my business in this way, educate myself this way, all these different categories. And then within those categories, kind of dissect those different things. Like what are the steps to actually getting to accomplish them? Yeah. Right. So for debt, you can think, okay, so I'm going to tackle the biggest thing first. A lot of people may have consumer debt, like credit cards or such. Those are huge APRs, percentage rates, you know, the annual percentage rate per year. And those are things that you're paying people money to lend you money. So those things need to be wiped out. So you always tackle those first. And then Dave Ramsey has his methods. So if you're interested in that component of making 2021 a better year for finances, go ahead and look up his books because they're excellent. It's how we got out of debt. It's a great, great method to follow. Yeah, in an earlier podcast, some of you may remember we talked about when we first got together that Nance had some some pretty serious debt. Very uh, serious. Ooh. And it took us, I think, two to three years to get out of the worst part of it, which was the credit card part of it. And we got we got there. We made a plan and eventually step by step with persistence, we were able to get there. So yes, that was a lot. And you tackle that first and then you look at student loans and house. He has a whole system. You should look it up. It's a great 
system to go by. Mm -hmm. The other thing for savings is little things add up to big things. With savings accounts, the best thing to do just to make it mindless or to make it part of your routine or a part of just what you do, you can have either a savings account, you can have automatic withdrawal into different accounts. And it's a great method. It just comes out of your paycheck, do something that you won't miss at first, and then it kind of gets addictive. The savings component of it, and yeah. we talked about this before too, where we have a flow through system in our checking account and we just push it all out. We push it all out. As soon as it comes in, we push it out somewhere else and it becomes almost addictive to watch that grow. Yeah. And, and again, this comes back to what I was saying earlier about the easier something is to do, the more likely you are to do it. And I think actually with 401ks, I think a lot of companies now automatically enroll people in 401ks and then if they want out they have to say they don't want to be in it. Mm -hmm. They found that, you know, most people will just let it be and let it keep going into the 401k, deferring some of their paycheck automatically into it versus if you make it so people have to ask and then go through a process to set it up. They're yeah, they're it's much they're artists. much less likely to do it. It's it's interesting. So, like with savings, if you set up an automatic thing so where you don't even have to think about think about it every month, then it's just going to happen and it's easy. It's so nice. Yeah. I know with our company, the our girls are enrolled in a 401k. Half of them are, half of them aren't. It's free money. I mean, we, I have to do the work to take the money out and then put it into the accounts and stuff. It comes out of their paycheck. They don't miss it because they're so used to doing it, the ones that enroll in it. And then we match on top of that free money. I mean, I think that everybody needs to be doing this if your company offers it. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about education. If you want to learn a new thing or even get a degree. Yeah, or go back to school. We have a friend who, gosh, he was an old neighbor. He's a former neighbor. We're, we're, we still hang out and we're friends. I think for the first five or six years that we knew him, he was always in part-time school. He it was, seemed to go on forever. Yeah, he was trying to get an engineering degree, went back to school, and he was doing it part-time, and it felt like it went forever. But it was, looking back, that's five to six years ago at this mm -hmm. point, and it's pretty amazing to see over time how he stuck with it, and he just kind of kept every semester, maybe if it was just one class. Right, because he was holding down a job. Yeah, he had a full-time job. And, and he's a dad. And he's a dad, yeah, yeah. And he would just take sometimes just one class a semester, but he kept at it, and now that's like five, six, six years ago now. And now he's been an engineer for a while. And it's it's great. Like, right. so proud of the guy. And it's amazing. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of dedication. But again, small little things. Started with one class. Maybe he felt like life wouldn't be as crazy at this time. So maybe took a couple more. Just made it work for their lifestyle. Another thing along the education line is an instrument. So say you want to learn an instrument. Again, daunting, especially as an adult to try to learn something like that, that's mm -hmm. new. Yeah. And apologies to my college friends who had to suffer through me learning guitar. It was <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I don't think they really enjoyed it very much. I can't play a guitar. Our daughter what, did voice lessons, guitar, and now she's back to piano. If you listen to our parenting thing, she is in piano and she loves it. So yeah. it's been going really well. But when she did guitar, she now knows more than I know. I tried. And it's so hard for me to get the fingering down and like where we need the the frets to be, like what fingers play, what chords and everything. It's daunting to learn, but little tiny bits, you can learn a lot. But the interesting thing with guitar was she 
her fingers with with uh, playing an acoustic guitar your fingers need to have a little bit of strength to them to be able to fully press down the string and she's seven years old it was a little physically harder for her okay and she has totally migrated towards piano over time. Mm-hmm. And the keys with piano, they're they're really easy. With the action on them, it's really easy for a kid to play the piano. And she is just she just loves it. Right. And she's really gotten away from guitar because and and not that you should avoid things just because they're hard, but if they're so hard that you just want to avoid it. I think for her, the example would be guitar. Like right. it is hard and it's kind of painful too on your fingertips when you first get started. But piano, it's perfect. It's been right. great. She And she'll play without prompting too, which is awesome. And with an adult, those little tiny things like, okay, I'm just going to learn how to press the keys today. I'm just going to learn this. And then once I press the keys, then I can learn how to do a scale and where my fingers need to move. Just little small bits. And before you know it, just like Cece, in a month or so, you'll be able to play a song just like that. It'll be magic. So this podcast has been in celebration of the little things, the little things that amount to big things if you carry them out consistently over time, whether that's playing and wanting to learn a musical instrument, wanting to start a savings account, pay off some debt, wanting to eat better, wanting to exercise just a little bit. Make it realistic and easy for yourself to at least make some progress. So for all of you that have set New Year's goals, I hope that this makes it very real and very attainable for you. I think that we all have the ability to be our best and to really find new things every year. So I hope this is one of those methods that you can use and put into practice today. 